0: Hi, friends. I'm Olivia. I'm Rod. And you're listening to Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church. Welcome, everyone, to a jam-packed episode of Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church. In today's episode, we are covering the August 6th sermon titled, To Avoid Being Gaslighted. So let's start off with a few questions that came in. Second Peter chapter 2. In verse one, it talks about there were false prophets among the people. You elaborated further afterwards about who these people are. Can you explain that?
1: Peter's looking back and he's trying to show them a lesson from history and that there were false prophets that arose among the people. I, I think back there he's talking about in history among the, the Israelites. In in a literal sense, among their community, among themselves. And I'm not sure exactly which particular instance he's talking about, but I tend to think it might be at Kadesh Barnea, you know, where they had a chance to go into the promised land. They sent 12 spies and uh, they came back two spies. Joshua and Caleb said, The land is great. It's there for us. God's gone before us as he has with the Egyptians. He's going to go before us now. This is our land to claim. And uh, there were 10 that said, no, uh, they're too strong for us. They didn't believe God. And so they gave a word that literally had the consequences of uh, causing God's people to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And so I think Peter's saying there are consequences to this, and he's looking back at history. And so specifically in that verse, the I think people is referring to back long ago the examples of false prophets that arose among the Israelites.
0: Gotcha. And with that, the next part of that verse talks about um, in the same way, false teachers will arise among you. Can you explain what it means that the false teachers will be? among you. It's not that this is a group of believers, and within that group of believers pop up or become false teachers, correct? Is that they're being infiltrated on the outside by these false teachers?
1: Yeah, I think that's what Peter's warning them about. I think specifically, Peter is looking at their MO, their modus operandi, that they're going to slide in. They're going to be very impressive. They're going to have great speech. And uh, it's like in our video clip, the reason I began the video clip where I began it was because Andy and Barney and Aunt Bee, all of them said, these people are so nice. These these are nice Hollywood people. Can you believe how nice they are? And I think that's what he's alerting them to. They're going to come in and very subtly, they're going to make their way into the church, and they're going to move into leadership. Let me say the way that I've seen this work out. People uh, will visit a church. I I know of a a specific church situation where a person comes in and uh, they have an an aura about them, uh, an air about them, that there are certain uh, spiritual gifts that they possess. And I think our general attitude is we give preference to people from out of town. So uh, I've seen people come in from from the outside. They give off spiritual vibes, and and people are willing and ready to follow them. And you know, in about three years, their stick is up. They've they've already gone through, and then they move on to another another place. They need to draw attention to themselves. They need to be the focus of attention. They need to get on a board. They, they need to be looked upon as having this wisdom. And I've seen this happen. I had, I had one man tell me, you know, he'd been all of these different denominations. He'd been charismatic. He'd been Methodist. He'd been Baptist. He'd been Assembly of God. He'd been Presbyterian and all of that. And he thought that that qualified him to speak on a given subject. And I just said that qualified him to be confused. You know, he he didn't know what he believed and he just drifted to a vacuum in a place and churches are, are you know, open to this. They, they've got to be on guard ab- about this. I, I think that's what Peter's calling them to, is to be on guard, that these people will slide in, they'll be very impressive and you will end up letting your guard down for whatever reason and then things are going to go sideways after that.
0: With that being said, how do we recognize a false prophet or a false teacher? What are some guidelines that we can look at and say, okay, well, because of this, we know that this person we should be wary of?
1: I think the biggest, the, the, the telltale sign is when somebody points to themselves as the authority of something. If there's a lot less Jesus and a lot more of them, and their opinion and their esoteric ways that bring, you know, uh, a respect to themselves. They draw that to themselves. I think that's part of it. I think uh, some of it is people. Those people want to keep you at a distance. They don't want you to look into their background. Uh, it is amazing to me people that have horrible backgrounds that would put themselves up as authorities. You know, Dr. David Jeremiah, whom I strongly recommend people to. He's got a list where he went through and found like 22 uh, characteristics of false teachers right out of second Peter chapter 2. And he says things like uh, they're greedy, they come in secret, they follow their flesh, they do not want to be under anyone's authority. And boy, I've seen that when a person comes in and they do not want to be under the elders authority of a, of a church. Um, You know, those are all signals that you go, man, uh, watch out. I don't care how impressed you are because you will end up regretting it. And we'll put a link to Dr. Jeremiah's article on that.
0: Yeah, it'll be in the show notes. If you scroll down in this episode description, it should be there. Another question that came in was with the term barely escaped. When Peter's talking about the group of believers, he describes them as those who have barely escaped is what the ESV said, and you said that the better translation would be actually escaped. Can you clarify a little bit on that?
1: That question came in, and so I I did a little bit more research on that. Essentially, there's two different words at work here. One is oligos, which is the way I think uh, the NIV, probably the New American Standard and the ESV... They they go with that reading, and that has the idea of barely, and uh, that comes from mainly a group of Egyptian, older Egyptian manuscripts. But one argument is that when you look at the ancestor, the the manuscripts that those manuscripts come from, that that family of manuscripts, you can see the other word, which is antos, the Greek word antos, and that means actually. Now, what Metzger, who's a New Testament critic, uh, what they gave this is a grade of C. And, and here's what that means. Uh, in his book, something that's grade A means there's no debate. There might be different, uh, maybe a letter, maybe transposed or something like that, but there's no debate. In fact, no A's that I found uh, issues are in this particular book. Then there are Bs. That's where there's such a strong leaning toward a given reading. It's, it, the competition is, you know, it's just barely there. And then there's C, and then there's D. And D, they say, we really don't know what the reading is here. There, there's good reasons for it, it to be read uh, one way or another. We're, we're just going to give you a, a word, our, our best guess. This is actually a C. People that take the New King James reading, which is actually, they use the majority of manuscripts, and the majority of manuscripts actually have that reading, while a few of the older ones have the term barely. At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter, because they're, they're, this group is escaping. Whether they're barely escaping or actually escaping, it doesn't really add to the difference in the text. So, uh these are believers who have walked for a while, who have new life in Christ, and these false teachers are uh, setting about promising them freedom. That's another mark of false teachers is they promise something they can't deliver on. they're all talk and no delivery
0: okay, so one more question that we had: the second state for the believer who falls into the these traps of the false teachers, the second state for them will be worse than the first after they've been fallen into this trap and they've overcome. Are there any other passages that we have that say the same thing as this passage in regards to that second state being worse than the first?
1: I think that's a great question. Uh, From the hip, I don't know if I can come up with any. You, When we were talking about this, you had an idea, and I think that's a, a really good idea.
0: So one of the things that came to mind was the parable of the talents. The servant who is given one buries it, and the master comes back, and he tells him, your wicked servant, why don't you put it in the bank? Because you've done this, what you have is going to be taken away. So the servant had responsibility over one, and now he has nothing.
1: Well, before he had responsibility over one, he was a servant. He had a place to work and, and all of that. He was given a chance to shine and he ended up burying his talent. And and I think there's something very insidious going on there. He had positioned himself to where if the master came back, he hadn't lost anything. But if the master didn't come back, he could take credit for that and and he could pocket it. If, if word got back, the master had died. He could pocket it and he had that money gained. So, uh, he takes that away and he gives it to the other servant who had multiplied his earnings. And so he was in a worse state with the master than he was at the very beginning of the of the parable. Before he got anything, he was at a worse state. So I think that's a great example. In our video clip, uh, I think that really showed this big time. Think about it this way for a minute. In, in our video clip, uh, after Andy and Barney say bye to the TV people. They're they're very nice, the friendly people. Barney ends up going over there at the bank. He notices something going on at the bank. And then they hoodwink him. They fool him into think they're practicing uh, for the scene. And they get Barney to carry the money out. And for a minute, you just think about if Andy wouldn't have been there to save the day, it would have been in all the papers deputy sheriff robs bank. Now, that's a whole lot worse than Joe Citizen robbing a bank. When when Joe Citizen robs a bank, that's one thing. But this is a deputy sheriff. This is somebody who knows better. It's a whole lot worse off for them because of their position. And that's what I think he's saying here. It's a lot worse off their second state, their latter state, is worse than their first state. But he's not talking about hell. He's talking about here and now. Where is that state worse? It's here and now. And I think what's interesting to keep in in mind is that the both groups, the Arminians and the Calvinists, both of them agree on certain things. They both agree that the latter state is worse than the first, has an eternal or eternity in mind, meaning hell. They agree on that. They both agree that the people who are destined there are lost. One of them, the Armenians say they lost their salvation. The Calvinists said they never had it. I think they're wrong on the latter state being worse than the first. I think that is not talking about hell. I think these people are going to heaven. And I think they're both wrong about the status of these believers, that they are believers. They haven't lost their salvation. They have lost their reward you know, the fact of the matter is Satan would like nothing more than for you to fall. If he can't have you for eternity, he can try to use you while he's here, appealing to the flesh and and that type of thing. And I think the, the point there is, you know, you have a stage, you are living out your life of trusting Christ each and every day, and there are people watching. And, uh, you just have to be careful. And, um, you know, there, there's. It, it can be a number of things. Sometimes it's because you haven't studied the Bible. Sometimes it's because of a of a certain sin that just keeps creeping up and and grabbing you and taking you down. Uh, sometimes it's the church you're in. Uh, uh, if the church has a, a personality that it's drawing people to the personality, and there can be a lot of fluff there, but it's it, you know, there's not a lot of Bible teaching there. You know, Peter warned us in chapter one, we need to grow and add to our faith so we can grow and we can be ready for what the world throws at us.
0: Absolutely. Anything else you want to mention before we wrap up?
1: You know, um, we're going to do a podcast on Bible study. One of the things that people commented on, they liked the slides I did because highlighting the various pronouns really helped them follow along the argument that's going on there. So I'm glad people found that helpful.
0: Yeah, thank you for breaking that down. And thank you all for listening to another episode of Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church.